Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Enneagram with Michaela. I keep saying this every week. I hope you're enjoying these interviews as much as I am getting to chat with my new friends as we geek out all about the Enneagram and just how it is a, a tool to help us be a little bit better than we were yesterday and to make us just a little bit better and to step into our best selves, who we were created to be for tomorrow. So today I am thrilled that I get to talk to my new friend, Melissa, north of Dallas, Texas. So I am beyond excited to talk to you. Thank you so much for being here. Sure. I'm excited to be here. This is so fun. So we're going to start with um, a little bit about you, your background, your story, and how all of that eventually led to you finding the Enneagram. Yeah. So in a little nutshell, um, I have a corporate background and in corporate America, which was honestly, whenever I was there for 15 years, Enneagram wasn't even a conversation. It was more disc. It was your Myers-Briggs. It was all of those areas. It was, are you, what kind of animal are you? Yes. We always learned all of those different things. Um, I started in that space and then I moved into ministry. I went to seminary. I'm an ordained pastor, started a nonprofit uh, and was over a medical clinic for years. And now I have my own online biblical counseling business and um, I'm a wellness lifestyle coach. So I love holistic uh, lifestyle. And in the midst of all of that, I everything, I feel like I've always been self-aware, which I won't go into my past, but just my past needed some healing. So I have been self for quite some time of learning healthy coping. Um, but in the midst of that, everything that I did, I never really felt like I still knew me. And I always felt like I was put into a little box. I felt like I was a round peg and a square, what a square peg in a round hole. Yes. Something yes. like that. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> it works. Whatever you're saying, yes. it works. Yes, 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 yes. And so it wasn't until I uh, learned all about this little world that I started really figuring out who I am. It's been really cool. Good. What was your initial reaction to discovering you're a type six, which you are our first six for yeah. our first series of, of um, Enneagram folks. So that's awesome. Well, and I would love to hear your thoughts on this because whenever I first learned about the Enneagram, I learned it from friends, which a lot of people hear it that way, heard it so much in social media and had different friends doing it. So I just went out and started taking all the little tests and um, I did not dig into it like I have now, but at the time I kept on testing as a three oh. and everyone was like, you are totally a three. Mm. So I tested as a three, three different times and I tested as a one. And then from there, I, and so my initial reaction to that was, it doesn't feel right. I understand that, yes, I am an overachiever. I am. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I am learning to uh, not be a workaholic, like all those different things. But there were pieces of it that were not me. Mm -hmm. And so it was super confusing uh, because when people would identify me as a three, it made me very uncomfortable mm -hmm. because there were things on there that were like, that isn't me. Yeah. Like yeah. there were certain things. And then I ended up doing a book club because that's how 
eye roll. And we love fuck clubs like, around I, here. We are all for the life. <laughs> I was like, if I want to learn this, then I'm going to teach it and figure it out and be responsible for it. And that's really where I started digging in yeah. was from that and reading through everything and the core motivations and how you tick. And that's where I started really unraveling of I'm, I'm an unhealthy three, mm-hmm. I'm actually a six yep. <laughs> and I'm very unhealthy. And so I'm typing as a three. Yes. Um, and honestly, so when all of that came aware, it was a relief to be honest. I felt like that all of a sudden somebody was in my brain and understood me. I felt, I felt like, uh, it was like, I, for the first time understood myself. Mm-hmm. It was wonderful. It was like the beginning of a whole new chapter that was evolving. I became way more confident because I yes. understood myself yes. and I understood where I would kind of lean too much and get unhealthy. I knew how to self-correct. Yes. So it was good. It's been interesting because I do have friends. I'm sure you do too, that when they hear their type, they're like, no, that's not me. And they rub against it. Yes. For me, I was like, welcome home. Yes. It was really different for me. It was like, that's it. This is it for me. This is it. I so it took me, it took me a couple of years to get there. Cause everyone was like, they, and I do believe that we don't need to tell other people what we think that they are. The cardinal um, sin of the Enneagram. Yeah. <laughs> and people just kept doing that. Mm-hmm. And so no, you are definitely, and it, it just, it just wasn't good for me to be in no. that. So yeah. One of my dear friends is a type one and at an old church that she used to be at and serve at. And funny enough, it was in Texas um, when she lived there several oh, years cool. ago, people kept saying she's an eight and she just kept mm-hmm. being told that she was an eight over and over and over again. And wasn't until she kind of just did. And she's a very self-aware individual, even before me coming along saying, Hey, I'm your little forefriend that does, does this, you know, on the side. But she was like, <laughs> that was so rough to now know the one and to know herself and be able to fit like, oh yeah, oneness is definitely uh, exemplified here, there and everywhere. It's right. if you, if anything, don't type other, that's not what we're here for. And that's, yeah, right. it's like, that's not, that's not the goal. It's fun to like figure out if you're in a group of people and you can like think to yourself and talk and be like, huh, two, maybe mm-hmm. definitely not a seven like yes. just in your mind, yeah. but to actually say something to someone else yeah. that is yeah. it's hurtful maybe not in the moment but it's it not is. a good idea yeah. no yeah. learning how to work alongside your wings and your paths to be like this more well-rounded person I love what you said self-correct right. of you have right. the power right. inside of you to right. do small changes so yes we rely on other people but like you you have a lot of yeah. power yourself yeah. to to tap into in order to help you be a better you and I love that well and so many things like for a six, our core weakness is anxiety. No kidding. I thought what I felt as anxiety was normal. I would have never said it was anxiety or stress or anxiousness. I thought it was normal. And to hear that and identify with that and realize, oh, <laughs> has like helped out so much once again 
whenever I do have those anxious moments or whenever I question my security and different things like that, I'm able to bring myself back to, I am safe. It is okay. There is security. And that was a huge piece for me of, yes. oh, this is anxiety and y'all don't feel this? Like, I don't have this issue? <laughs> I literally would have never said, I because I grew up that way and I thought that it was everyone. I problem mm -hmm. solve for everything. I always look at what's the worst case scenario and self-correct it. To me, that meant I was a really great planner. <laughs> And that I just had all the options mm -hmm. ready. I thought that that was just great. I didn't know that it was that I was trying to make myself secure. Yeah. So yeah. those things to me have been so fascinating to figure yes. out. The other yes. piece for me is the loyalty side. Sixes are so loyal and I'm loyal to like to a, to a degree that's not always positive. Yeah. And it has taught me that it's okay to not always be loyal, right? That I really can, that there's times where that becomes a negative experience. Um, and yes. so the awareness for me has changed everything to be able to help me. Um, you know, the trust issue for sixes, that was a big deal. And to have the voice of can trust myself first and foremost. So all of that was this awakening, awakening of really good healing. And I feel like I had come so far, but this unlocked, this was like the final pieces to a puzzle for me was um, a really, you know, big deal of being able to come together and see that. Absolutely. Absolutely. If you wouldn't mind, I'd like to go back to the core motivations. You've highlighted it so beautifully, but I would love to know how do each of them play out in your, in your life? Cause when yeah. you hear the stereotypical six, and I said this before we hit record, yeah, you know, be a friend with a six when the zombie apocalypse comes, cause they're going to have 12 different ready prepared plans. <laughs> they're going to have safe spots all over the city and outside of it. Like they will know yeah. exactly. Like they are the people to go to for emergency of yeah. like, get me out of X, Y, and Z place <laughs> or situation, whatever. And that's great and wonderful. But then the flip side is they're just so anxious and worryful all the time. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting to know that in a world where we do with a lot of stuff on a daily basis, infiltrated through social media and just media in general, a lot of us are more anxious than we realize, but not all of us have it to the degree that maybe a type six would. So can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that the big thing too, for the whole fear factor and worst case scenarios and all of those different pieces that come into play is for me, what has come out of that, that has been the greatest blessing, you know, sixes have the inner, inner committee. So whereas the one has an inner voice, praise God, they only have one voice to combine. Mm -hmm. We have multiple. And I think that that once I figured out that there was an, which is so true of a six, like it's multiple scenarios, multiple voices. Once that was identified for me, that's where you kind of shut down the, the fear side of worst case mm. scenario, but um, to play it out for you. <laughs> And it goes back to self-awareness. I think that for anyone, you know, and we might talk about this later that is thinking about doing the Enneagram or getting started and maybe stops after they do the assessment. And then they're like, that's done. 
it's really going in and building it out that, I mean, you're just a better person. You're a better spouse, parent, but the area for me was the worst case scenario. I don't go into the world of worst case scenario for the world. My worst case scenario is for my child or for Mm -hmm. my spouse or Mm -hmm. for the work that I'm doing is for my loved ones. And that's where like literally... I'll just give you, which we laugh about it, but now I'm like, that was so a six on target. Um, And that, you know, when my daughter went to middle school, I literally just knew that the whole school was going to blow up. Like I just knew, you know, she was going to be in the hallways and it was going to be, I mean, I just went all the way there Yeah. Um, or a child being kidnapped. I mean, like I just go all the way. (laughs) It's like, it's not small. Um, And, but it was always, I, my space was always, I guess, that loyalty of love that comes out of mm-hmm. six. So I do think a lot of sixes go way out there to, you know, the sky is falling. Mine was like my security. It goes back to that security of the people that I love the most. Yeah. And um, once again, kind of coming back over and getting realigned is understanding. It's almost as soon now as I go into a worst case scenario, I correct myself. Yeah, that's so good. That's a really nice picture of the world is too big to care about, but maybe some people do and that's okay. But recognizing that when your safety and your security and the people that you love are threatened, either by something that is happening and even not, you know, just going there, but wanting to protect your circle that's a Mm -hmm. really really beautiful picture and and very very helpful because like sixes aren't they're not always on edge and maybe that is it but maybe that's more played out internally for reasons again stemming back to wanting safety and security yeah um, for sure right well it's really fascinating you know in corporate america i've i've just been blessed to do a lot of really cool things but honestly for me i was kind of trained up to have options to problem solve like i worked for a ceo that was like if you're coming in with a no you need to come in with the options to make it a yes Mm. Um, and so to me, I was like trained up to problem solve. I was yeah. trained up to look at worst case scenarios. I literally didn't know it was my MO. Right? <laughs> like, I was like, I thought, man, I'm so good at this. Um, and it was because I had this bent, if you would, to go over into the hard spaces and think worst case scenario. But I have never seen it as I would, I don't think if people came to Melissa Shaver, they would not be like, she's the most anxious person around. Right. Um, They would not be like, she's always on edge. She's always anxious. She always, that was, that is, I'm a very calm, very easy, very, let's get it fixed. But I would be your best friend if we were in an emergency, right? Because I can fix it. Yes. But So the things that sometimes this is, I guess, my big point with that is a lot of times we think one of our greatest strengths is actually a weakness that we just need to correct, um, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, So where you would see my anxiety is, like I said, if you were here in my family and my son called and said, hey, I'm going to go do something, I would say, make sure you lock your doors, make sure you don't talk to strangers, that would be that anxiousness. And then the other way that you would see my anxious side and my fear side, you would only see it if you were inner circle family. And that would be, I would have really bad anxiety at night. So Mm -hmm. I couldn't sleep. 
Um, so the anxiety would come out and in my mind at the time, whenever I had not identified my, who I am in this way with the Enneagram, um, I thought it was just cause I couldn't turn off my brain because mm. I loved my work and I loved the, and so it wasn't that I was anxious or trying to problem solve something that I had gone worst case scenario with. It was because once I woke up, I couldn't turn off my brain because I had to go fix the things. Mm. Once again, I never identified it as anxiety. Yeah. So um, that's where you would see with me. I would give you the one, two, threes of staying safe, or you would see me at night not being able to settle, settle Mm. down. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing that. That's very helpful to, to paint that picture. So what does safety and security look like to you? I think I love this question. It has never been security and safety for me uh, has always been in the area of financial safety and security. Yeah. So kind of going back into the world of, you know, I've had, and I mean, this has been over years, not just with Enneagram of realizing that I don't have to work myself to death mm-hmm. to have the financial blessing to be safe and secure. Yeah. Um, but that is probably the biggest space. I think the other thing about safety and security for me specifically Uh, Because I can't say that every six is like this. But for me, safety and security comes to the place of you saying, Melissa, you're right. And that's a good decision. Mm. And you that gut feeling that you have that you want to run with that platform or make that happen or be that type of a creative person. You're right on. Mm. You just made me feel very secure. Mm. So it's all it's like. I, it goes back to that inner committee. It goes back to, am I making the right decision? If mm-hmm. I jump out and do this opportunity and take this huge leap, is my parachute going to open? Yep. Right. Yeah. And so it comes from that place of having somebody, at least one person around me that says, you're, you're doing it. You're doing the right thing. Go for it. Go after it. Yeah. So it's more that space for me of having at least one confidant say you're on target. That's so good. That is Does so that good. make sense? That's oh, that makes, that makes sense. Me. That yeah. really, really makes sense. Is your inner committee comprised of men, women, both, or multiple versions of you? Uh, I would say multiple versions of myself. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. How interesting. I um it's interesting that you asked that. I've never been asked that before. I do think that I have voices from my past mm. that come out pretty loudly yeah. for me. Yeah. I have to always remind myself that it's a lie and it's a it's a belief that is incorrect. Yep. I could see how that could be a possibility yeah. of a male figure without a doubt. Yeah. Um, but so much of my inner committee is a lot, obviously of self-doubt that I put on myself. Mm, Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. The reason I asked that is because I interviewed Audrey at the very beginning of this series and she's a type one. And so type ones have one Mm -hmm. person that kind of talks to them. Sometimes their inner critic is the opposite gender. And so when her inner critic speaks to her, it is a male voice. And I was like, how interesting. Now you have a committee as a six Mm -hmm. to kind of walk through your decisions. 
but kind of having a boardroom of, of, of people. And if that's too intimidating, just having coffee with a whole bunch of friends, but being like, should I do? Yeah, I think that's, right? that's what it should be. It should be coffee dates. Wow. I do love that so much as far as is it uh, gender specific, because mm-hmm. I will say a lot of the work that I do as a six and a lot of the work that I just do of just what God's called me to do, I do have to continually break through some areas and it would have been from a male voice Mm, uh, of a past. So that's really fascinating. Uh, I was like, that blew my mind. It's like, I have no person or committee speaking to me, but if I did like, what is that like to not have nobody speaking to you but yourself? (laughs) It's it's funny. Well, let's unpack that because it's, it's, when you say that, when I kind of come, there's no one talking to me when I have to figure out what shirt and pants do I wear in the morning but when it kind of comes to like big, big decisions yeah. for me, I moved around a lot in my twenties. So for college and, and job and, and other things. So it's like, do I move here? And for me, it was just a whole bunch of research, really tapping into my five wing of researching areas yeah. to live and X, Y, and Z. So it's not to say that I submitted ideas to anybody, but it was more or less weighing out all the options and seeing which one held greater weight. Because wow. I do feel like there is a lot of anxiety that, um, but it's a lot of fear of the unknown, yeah. which is a lot of people's, but it's almost for me, um, circumstantial. Well, and it's so, that's such a heavy five. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So it's definitely a, a good work in progress. We're all works in progress. This we is are. We this are. is a daily thing. <laughs> I'm always so fascinated. Yeah. Yep. 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 So let me ask you two more things here before we wrap up. Cause I can, I, we can talk all day. Yeah. One day we will. <laughs> <laughs> yes, for sure. What's your favorite thing about being a six? Oh my goodness. Honestly, I love the loyalty piece. I am grateful that I'm loyal And I think in our world today that we need people to have each other's back. For the longest time, I questioned whenever I didn't know I was six and didn't understand all these different things, I couldn't understand why other people were not loyal. Mm. Isn't that fascinating? So it always made me question why I would do anything for you. I mean, even now, like we know each other. If you call, I would like, what What do you need for me to help you with? Mm-hmm. Um, and I always, it was so confusing that other people did not have that piece of them. Yeah. And I'm grateful for that because I think with loyalty, in my opinion, comes encouragement. It comes, uh, I really great at lifting others up and telling them what they can do. And I'm loyal to helping them see it to the end. That's right. And I think we always need a cheerleader like that. 100%. Get yourself a a six. (laughs) I need some more six friends. That's right. I'm like, I need you a six if you don't have one. That is exactly right. I think the other piece for me that is a growing piece, a six has a hard time trusting, but I am so grateful for the work that's being done because of that awareness it is teaching me how to trust. And I'm so, I can't tell you how grateful I am to really learn how to trust a circumstance, a situation, a person. Mm -hmm. I have such a distrusting uh, character trait. And I just thought it was because of my background. Yeah. 
and where I came from and to realize that I, I get to choose, right? I get mm -hmm. to choose to trust you. I get to choose to trust, to trust the situation and know that the good's going to come from it. Mm -hmm. um, and that's very empowering. Absolutely. So I think I'm, I'm super grateful. Not that I'm distrusting, but I'm learning to trust. Absolutely. I don't think I would have gotten there without this work. No, not at all. Yeah. And just the wealth of knowledge of yourself to be able to have it help explain the past and, and yes. shed a new light on it, yes. maybe more of a, a brighter light, yeah. if it were. Mm -hmm. So that leads us to our last question is, what would your encouragement be for anyone new to this or kind of wanting to dig in and kind of find out what it is we're all talking about? Um, my greatest encouragement is don't just take the test. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> That's a great start. And it's always fun to have a party and everyone do their Enneagram test. <laughs> That's a really fun party. That's a good time. But that is really just like opening up the cover of a book and reading just the inside cover and mm. not going through every chapter. My greatest encouragement would be to truly dig in. I believe, number one, I believe counseling and coaching is some of the greatest things that we can all do and we all need it in our life. 100%. Um, and so finding someone that you resonate with to be able to walk through the process with you. But really, each one of us, we just have to get honest with ourselves. I think it's one of the greatest ways to really learn to love yourself well. There's areas of, I'm sure you could say the same. There's areas of me that um, at a time I did not love that I've learned to love, yes. but I couldn't have done it if I just like put my toe into the water. Yes. And knowing that and you so, can love it, knowing that the, the ugly doesn't have to stay ugly, even for the people that yeah. find that contention with you read something, you take a test, you're like, I ain't happy with this at all. Either it's not your type and you're in stress taking a test and it comes out that number, but just knowing that every, every piece and every part can be used. We can determine how much of that, you know what I mean? It's yeah. not like someone looming over us. I love it. The theme of this whole thing has been empowerment that we have the choice mm -hmm. to, to pick and choose which and, and our perspective and, and how we incorporate and how we use it mm -hmm. um, to ultimately just be better. And the gift of knowing ourselves. Yeah. It's such an uncovering. It yes. really is. And you become such a better person. And I think each layer, like if you do the assessment, that's one thing. But then whenever you learn the wings and you learn the triad and you learn when you're out of alignment and you learn the goodness, like for me, the unhealthy is the nine and the three, but it's also the healthy if I learn yes. how to align well. Yes. And learning, just like what you said, there's areas of us that are hard and rough but it can be corrected. Yes. And that's the beauty of it. And I also just love laying the gospel over the top. I think that's one thing that I've loved so much about the Enneagram is like I told you at the very beginning, you know, my past is with Myers-Briggs and DISC and all these different pieces. Um, there's something beautiful whenever you use the Enneagram as a tool with the overlaying of the gospel and how God sees us in our unhealthy states, mm -hmm. how he wants to help us see the grace that fills us to be the healthy. So that's such a beautiful piece to me. I love it. That's a word right there. So good. Melissa, thank you a thousand times for being here and chatting. This has been a gift to me and I'm sure a gift to everyone that is listening. Thank you. I loved being with you. Thank you so much. We will do it again. <laughs> Sounds good.
Thank you so much for being here today. I hope you loved Melissa as much as I do in hearing her story and everything that she had to share with us about being a type six. We love our type sixes around here. They get a bad rap and they shouldn't because we need them. (laughs) They just provide um, a lot of wealth and, and knowledge and good insight about how to plan and you know, how to think sometimes. I think sometimes we don't realize or we don't want to ponder on worst case scenarios. And that is um, just true, I guess, to human nature, but the sixes do. And so we thank them for that and allowing them, um, allowing us to be a part of their world, which is super special. So next week, I am thrilled that I get to introduce you guys to my Enneagram coach that I got coaching from uh, earlier this year, Leah. She is a fellow type four. And just like true four fashion, um, the conversation is a little bit different. It's a little bit longer, so stick around. There's just so much good stuff in there. And I cannot wait until next week, and I will see you then.